What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. It is Monday, and if you listened to this show previously for Marvel and Disney+, Plus, it is now time for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier review. There's going to be one small change if you've been following the show. Uh, this show would actually be myself, Rob, and Harrison from The Basement Binge. Uh, unfortunately, Harrison couldn't be with us tonight. Uh, he will be back next week. So, uh, Harrison, we miss having you not here, man, but we'll look forward to having you back next week. We'll try not to have the show fall apart without you. You're the glue, man. Basement Binge all the way. Um, but, Rob, uh, boy, we got a lot, of talk, lot to talk about, and Disney... You know, they didn't keep us waiting long after waiting forever for content. It's coming pretty steadily. It feels like we just finished WandaVision, and here we are to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, welcome. Yeah, um, this was one of the shows that you and I had selected that we were incredibly just pumped up about and couldn't wait for more. I think that um, both Falcon and Winter Soldier are characters that we kind of liked through the MCU, um, but just didn't really get a chance to shine on their own. And certainly we get that here. Whereas like with WandaVision, um, you know, those characters, we've talked about it a lot. We just didn't care about throughout the MCU. And then they got their own show and just really just changed our perspective uh, quite a bit on who they are and, and whether or not we actually care about who they are. These characters we already care about, but they were kind of the B list of the Avengers. You know, they weren't the, the main, you know, five or six characters that were, were there from the start. Um, and, and, it's re really got me excited to see what was going to happen. Um, so this was one that I, I definitely had on my calendar. I was absolutely jacked and looking forward to it. Um, and I, I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, certainly. So why don't we do that? And we're still going to follow the same path. If you've listened to the Mondays with Maximoff editions, we're going to follow the same format. So Right here is where we're going to do our two-minute warning, where it's spoiler-free. We're going to talk about the episode for just a brief second and what we thought. And, Rob, I'll let you cap off this segment, but I really enjoyed this episode. This is – really, I wasn't expecting as much character-driven moments as we got from what I feel in episode one as we did uh, it certainly does not start off the same way as WandaVision. There's action scenes in this opening episode. It's not as a slow burn to get into certain things, but there's definitely some deeper moments than I thought we were going to get for this type of series. And one of the big themes is that comes along, and this is not spoilers because you can tell from the trailers, honoring the shield and honoring the legacy. And by the end of this episode already, I was missing Captain America more than I thought I did with the MCU being gone for so long and not really talking about him. So I really love this episode and I can't wait to spoilerize it. So I'm going to let <laughs> you go before we get into just digging deep. So, you know, this was supposed to have come out before this. Um, obviously, the coronavirus situation has changed. Well, everything for everybody. Um, so we, we got WandaVision first instead of this. And, and this is probably the one that in a perfect world, you might have started your Disney Plus series of shows uh, for the MCU because this is much more of your traditional, you know, good guys punching bad guys and, and high stakes, you know, major set piece action scenes and things like that. Um, this really felt like an extension of the MCU film verse. Um, you know, look, I, I certainly loved WandaVision as a series. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, we spent several, you know, nine, eight weeks, I think, uh, recapping it about how much we really liked it uh, from start to finish with, you know, a few minor things here or there that we didn't like as much. But um, this is, you know, look, I'll, I'll take those character driven, unique mysteries as often as I can get them. But this is kind of what you get into comic book movies for is is what we get here. Yes, we get some good character development, but um, you get some great action scenes, some creative action scenes. Um, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to what they do with both of our title characters. Yeah, uh, 
Very well said. So let's get into, you know, let's get into spoilers. So fans uh, of this show, if you have not seen this episode yet, uh, certainly a lot going on this week in the media realm. The Snyder Cut of Justice League came out. So maybe that four hour movie has taken up your time. You haven't seen this yet. I have a couple of friends who said they were still trying to analyze what they thought of that movie so they had skipped um this uh, rob and i obviously did both if you listen to our other review but if you haven't seen this stop the episode here uh because we're going to get into full spoiler territory and rob one of the things that i want to hit right off the bat is again this isn't a slow burn you get action right out of the gate but it's clear that the beginning of this and maybe all throughout is about Sam honoring the memory of Captain America. And it's a heavy thing on his mind where he actually doesn't take up the shield. He's just still going to be Falcon. And I really like that aspect starting off where he said in Endgame when Steve hands him the shield, it feels like somebody else's. And that line is said again. He repeats that in this episode where he doesn't quite feel like he should have that. Um, you know, obviously Captain America throughout these movies, this is a character who I thought Chris Evans captured amazingly during his time with it, whether or not it's truly over and really grew into that role. And really from the first movie, I didn't really like uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, but man, did he grow on me as Captain America and as Steve Rogers. And I like that Sam doesn't want to almost tarnish his legacy by taking that up. He feels that Steve has done enough where that's Captain America and he wants people to remember Captain America as Steve. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, we start with that scene where he's he's struggling and then we immediately jump into this great action scene we'll get into. Um, you know, it's kind of tough to to try to succeed past your, your mentors, you know, your heroes themselves, you know, you imagine he greatly looked up to Steve, Steve embodied so many amazing things. Of course, yes, we associate him with, with America and he's, you know, the symbol of America and truth, justice in the American way and all and everything else. Um, but he's such a noble figure. Uh, you know, you, you go through his time in the MCU, um, you don't often find him making the wrong decision. And even regardless of how, who you think was right or wrong in civil war, you at least understood his convictions and why he felt the way that he felt. Um, that's a lot to live up to. And that's a lot of pressure for somebody. And I really enjoyed that that continued to be explored here. Um, and I'm going to really like to see next week as he kind of comes to terms with, Hey, I was kind of given that. And I, I, didn't feel it belonged to me. And now they're just going to hand it over to somebody else. Um, you know, certainly we, we know that Falcon um, does take on the mantle of Captain America and the comics for a little bit. There was kind of two different runs happening at the same time. There was Captain America, Sam Wilson and, and Captain America, Steve Rogers um, using two different shields, you know, uh, Sam actually having the original shield and, uh, and Steve having kind of a, you know, more of the, the triangle shaped one that, you know, we kind of see him with classically at the start of his, his you know, character when he was actually punching real Nazis in the face. Um, and there's a lot of really unique things they did with that series, um, certainly. And, and I fully expect this series to address it at some point. But the idea of a black man wearing the shield, assuming the mantle, um, I fully expect that to be explored at some point in some way. Um, it's... It's under the surface with the scene between uh, Rhodey and, and Falcon. It's under the surface, even though it's not said. It was unspoken, and, and, I, and I definitely felt like the, those tones were there. And I think the MCU has largely avoided getting into some of these topics. I, you know, they certainly promoted Captain Marvel as, you know, a girl power movie, um, but they really haven't gone too deep into some of the social issues that we do see in our society. I think that there's going to be a certain amount of the fan base that's going to be turned off by it. Um, 
but we'll see. I, I kind of, I sort of expect them to touch on something in the coming weeks though. Yeah. I think some of that is made apparent during the, and it's a little bit later in the episode, but I think some of these issues are brought up in the loan scene where Sam is trying to get a loan from his sister and this is well for his sister uh, because he doesn't want to sell their estate. That is all they have left of their parents. But uh, one thing that was always talked about, and I found this kind of funny is it's pretty much stated in this episode that the Avengers don't get paid, which in hindsight almost makes Tony look like a jerk. <laughs> like he couldn't yeah. lend these guys yeah. a couple of bucks here and there. Like what the heck? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it kind of puts into perspective that these guys are just doing this because they have these abilities or these skill sets to help people. Um, and they don't expect anything really in return, which again, puts a real human spin on them, even though these are human characters. I like that aspect. I like again, though, how this episode and so far these two shows more so than we got in the movies are really showing the effect of the snap and you were gone for five years. You do not have any income. Like at the end of the day, kind of, we don't care that you were snapped and you were gone for five years. Um, there's no bending the rules here. And I don't care if you're, which seems opposite. Um, but like, I don't care if you're a celebrity, there's no special treatment. The rules are the rules. Um, Again, I like that aspect of this show already where we're seeing again, how really would the world react and how things would have changed if all of a sudden 50% of everybody was gone and then five years later, 50% of everybody came back. Um, it's really interesting how they are diving into these issues in these two shows so far. Okay. I think I should be back in. Okay. Gotcha. You can go anytime you're ready. Okay. Um, I think coming out of the second Spider-Man film, we sort of assumed, at least I did, and I was wrong, um, that that would be kind of the end of them really discussing the aftermath of the blip, the snap, whatever you want to kind of refer to it as, you know, with, they have the, the fundraiser for the people who got displaced from their home because somebody else moved into it. Like there's all this crazy stuff that when you start thinking about what actually would happen if this was a real event, um, it's kind of wild, but we did see that explored in uh, WandaVision and to see that explored here too. Um, I'm kind of surprised. I just sort of thought they'd kind of just move on um, like comics always do. You just kind of move on. And sometimes you have a little bit of a throwback to a previous event, but, but not really, you know, like there's, there's so many times that these characters have come to blows with each other in the comics and then, then their teammates again in like six months and, you know, having heart to heart conversations. So I just kind of, if I'm being honest, I sort of expected that. Um, I think it's kind of cool because um, there's all these things that it's, it's not until you're actually presented with it. You go, Oh yeah, that would happen that way. Like, Holy crap. Like, um, you know, the banks would have to figure out what to do. Like, okay, you don't have five years worth of, of income to analyze for this person and their, and their assets. Like, maybe they don't even have those assets anymore because they just went to the next of kin. Like it's, you, you really start going down a weird place. when You start trying to figure out like how much different life would be um, in this world. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how they keep exploring this because I think maybe we could get away from that in Loki because I can see it being completely not related to how Loki's going to transpire. And then I can see it coming back with like She-Hulk and certainly Harrison has had some theories on what he'd like She-Hulk to be, uh, which I think some of those are very interesting and could explore more of people that are just completely thrown for a loop coming back. But I think we're going to get more of it. I'm interested to explore it, but you know, not only do we get, that development and what's still going on with certain people that have been brought back. 
But again, like you said, Rob, we get a really good action scene. You know, again, I didn't expect them to, but they're not, to me, sparing any expense. This is not a TV show, CW, uh, no disrespect to what they've done because I've watched their shows like Arrow and Flash and Batwoman and, you know, things like that. And I've liked what they've done, but you can definitely see where their budget stops. These shows, like, this is no, like, this is... Yes, we've had 23 movies, but again, these you know, this is not the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. This is not the Eternals, uh, Lord help me for even mentioning that name. Um, this is the real deal. They are, there's money involved in this to make this feel like, again, you have to watch this. If you like Marvel and you want to know what's going on, you need Disney Plus and you need to be a part of these shows. And I love that they're not cutting corners at least so far with the first two shows that we've gotten um in the streaming wars we're we're in the middle of it there's all of these streaming services popping up left right and center i mean whoever would have thought that they needed discovery plus and now paramount plus and everything else and then under the sun plus um networks that you have literally never heard of are going to start their own streaming service because that's just kind of the thing you do in in 2020 and 2021 um to me, I, I kind of feel like Disney is setting their sights directly at Netflix and saying, um, we've got deep pockets. We are <laughs> going to be number one. We're going to give you blockbuster summer action movie level budget on a six episode show. And what are you going to do about it? You know, like Netflix right. can't do anything about it. They're, they're never going to compete at, at that kind of level, I, I don't think. But yes, the opening action scene, it's great. You know, it's this is what I, I just sat there smiling the whole time because this is what I wanted out of this show. This is what I was hoping to get. I love that we get George St. Pierre back. You know, it was it was kind of neat to uh, see him in the in the second Captain America movie. The fact that we bring him back, um, I sort of like. I, I, I kind of think it's cool to have him. Uh, he's not a great actor, but you know, I just you know, I'm a huge MMA fan, and I watched. I think probably. 90% of George's fights when he was, when he was active. Um, so it's kind of cool to see him. Uh, the wingsuit is just absurd, but you know what? It's fun. And uh, I know Harrison's listening to this somewhere and I'm going to borrow one of his expressions, but I'm just, I'm just Jack Jack at that point. Just, I don't care that it's absurd. <laughs> Feed me, give me more. I love it. I, I just, where has this been for the last 18 months of my life? I need this. Uh, and I'm so happy to have it. Yeah, I, I certainly, you know, the way that he uses his his suit and the wings causing a shield and Red Hawk and everything, it's just, it's so intricately put together. It looks so seamless. Uh, the action was top-notch. I loved it. But, again, with, with the action scene that we have, they do, again, pump the brakes a little bit to give you a real human story and part of that human story comes from the other star of this show who's in the title card and that's the winter soldier who again rob you mentioned this in wandavision you mentioned this in a couple other things we talked about where you know how would wanda deal with the trauma of the Sokovia Accords being put in place because of something that she did. How does she, you know, we saw how she dealt with the trauma of vision. And this is the first time where certainly he had his time in Wakanda, but with Bucky, who's ignored, it looks like hundreds of Sam's texts because Sam has tried to get in contact with him. This is a guy who's trying to make amends, we find out, for 70 years of just murder and being a villain. And it's the first time we've seen him in this position. And I love that they're taking the time to go, how would somebody even remotely begin to cope with that and try and find a way to live a normal life? And we've seen where he really can't. There's a really, uh, I thought, lighthearted scene where he gets a date, which I thought was fantastic. 
but it spirals out of control very quickly. Uh, he has no idea what to do. And I just, I feel for this guy in this, just like WandaVision made me care about Wanda and Vision already. And I like these guys more than I liked Wanda and Vision before this show started. But man, I couldn't help but feel for Bucky and be like, boy, this guy, whew, he, he's got some baggage. You know, the the date scene is so charming and fun, and um, it could come across really creepy, but fortunately, the, the character that's playing the bartender, um, you know, plays it off well and, and enjoys it and thinks it's kind of fun. So it, it, a scene that could have gone really creepy actually was, was like I said, quite charming, and I enjoyed it. Um, and it seemed like he was, you know, at least making an attempt towards somewhat of normal life. Um, I think what, you know, you bring up a great point about the amount of time that he spent doing terrible things and how do you atone for that? Um, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to listen to interviews and, and even just talk to a few people who have served in the military and, um, you know, they make it back to quote unquote civilian life. And some of them do find it difficult to adapt. Um, when you are in that moment and you are in that world, that environment where um, there's danger all around, you know, you, you have to be at the top of your game. There's constantly something going on. There's a mission. Um, there's, there's things that you have to do. There's people you rely on. There's people who rely on you. Um, and then that's gone and you have to return um, that's a hard adjustment for some people. And I think we kind of see a little bit of that here. You know, he, he's been living this life of, you know, kind of a, a super spy hitman, Um, and now all of a sudden he's trying to just go on a date and he just doesn't know how to function. He doesn't know what to do. Um, I found that to be very, very compelling. I, I loved the scene with the psychiatrist. Um, I, there's so much about that scene that I loved. Um, I love the writing. Um, I love both characters in the scene. You know, the condition of your pardon. I found that to be interesting. I I, want to see what, what they do with that. Um, the rules that they have, you know, there's three different rules. Don't hurt anyone. Why isn't that rule number one? I mean, that was just hysterical. Like that's just, it's, it's a serious scene. But it's it's also very funny at the same time, um, and I love the camera placement. I love how the scene is shot. Um, it's not an action scene. I mean, there's the, there's the interlude where you kind of see what he does to the senator, um, but I, I I love that whole scene. And by the way, yeah. does Bucky have a flip phone? Is it is was that a flip phone that she handed him back? <laughs> like, yeah. Why is that? That seemed really odd. I guess I, I don't know. Maybe with a flip phone, he doesn't have access to anything that they don't want him to. Um, maybe who knows? Maybe that's part of it. Like as silly as that could sound, um, I don't think you're doing a lot with a flip phone except for calling and texting somebody. So I, I don't know, but I, I did find that interesting. Like is there a reason why he has that or like <laughs> what's, what's going on here? Um, yeah, no, I, I love everything about that. Uh, you quickly realize too, that one of his, what looks like in this series, uh, certainly we know there'll, there'll be a team up, but right now the only guy that he relates to is Rob, forgive me, and listeners, I, I can't remember the, the old man's name that sets him up with the date, but it seems like he's the only person that he's close to. And Rob, we learned right in episode one, like I talked about, you know, Bucky's got some things to atone for, and this relationship could go south very quickly. And already I was like, heartbroken when we get the flashback and you know immediately that Bucky killed this guy's son at one point in time and boy how do you how do you eventually tell him that like that's not something you just slip into the conversation like oh it's gonna rain by the way I shot your son in the face like (laughs) you you, I, I don't know to me I'm already anticipating that scene being like just an emotional breakdown um, 
it'll be interesting when he decides to do that, if if it happens at all. Um, I got to be honest, on my first watch through, I didn't necessarily put two and two together that, um, you know, the the guy that's trying to desperately get into his hotel room and, and get shot um, would was Yuri's son when we meet Yuri later in the episode. I, I didn't I didn't necessarily connect that right away. Um, and then uh, I got to a point where just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh no, I, I see where this is going. Um, but it's, it's certainly going to set us up for uh, potentially a little bit of a gut punch um, when the, when we get to that. I, I will say though, upon first watch through, because I did go back and watch this episode twice, I got confused um, right at first when th- that is the flashback scene. Cause I kind of like turned my head for a second and went, wait a minute. What? why does he look like that again? What the heck is going on? Like, wh- why is he the winter soldier? Um, but then I quickly realized like, Oh, um, never mind. Uh, duh, pay attention. But one thing that I did like really quickly say to myself was, God, does he look like a badass as the winter soldier? Um, that hasn't changed. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. When we first meet him in, in the second Captain America movie, um, it's, it's great. It's right off the page really. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, you know, one other thing, Rob, I want to bring up immediately is I wasn't, I did not like it, but as much as I liked the aspect of, you know, five years away, I'm sorry, we don't have any, you know, special treatment for you because of what happened. We can't give you this loan, everything like that. I'm not convinced on the brother-sister relationship. I just didn't find, I don't know, I didn't find a lot of chemistry there between those two. And to me, it was one of the only real low points of this episode was I didn't really by the dynamic. Um, and I don't know why I just, for some reason, didn't think that they fed well off of each other. Did you get any of that or what are your thoughts? You know, I think for me, I don't, I don't know that I picked up on as much as what you're saying, because I think when Anthony Mackie is on screen, um, your eye just goes to him. You know, he really draws you in. He's, he's very charismatic on screen. He's, he's been great throughout his MCU run. Um, there's a, there's a smaller kind of independent film on Netflix called IO that, he, that I saw him in. Um, I think it was when everybody was stuck home in quarantine. Uh, that's actually, you know, it's kind of interesting, uh, small budget, but it's really kind of cool and, and a unique piece of science fiction, uh, for anybody out there listening who hasn't checked that out. Um, and every time he's on screen, like, I just think he carries the scene so well. Um, but I can, I can sort of see some of the, um, some of what you're talking about. I, I, I would like to see, I guess we need to see the two of them in situations where they're not arguing with each other about what to do with the boat to really understand if there's any real care back and forth between one another. Um, and, and perhaps we'll see that, you know, this coming Friday. Yeah, um, I think there's certainly areas for that to grow, and I'm interested to see because I have not really read up on anything. Uh, One character that we get in this is, and I honestly, I completely forgot that he was even going to be a part of this show in any way, shape, or form, is we get Don Cheadle as Rhodey in this. And, like, yeah, Rob, I completely forgot that he was going to be in this so when he was on screen when sam was giving up the shield to put it in the museum for captain america i was like oh uh, and i don't know don Cheadle's not somebody i really like overall as an actor uh i still think he's a little bit weak as brody but it was like oh uh, oh geez there there's brody like that's kind of cool yeah and i think it'll be more what I thought was kind of cool, and I made it, I made sure to write this down, is um, th- the show takes place about six months after the return. Uh, I right. forget what the line was. I, I pulled that from somewhere. Um, you know, Rhodey's been back the whole time. He he never got snapped away. Um, it'll be interesting to see his perspective on the five years that he lived that somebody like uh, Falcon didn't because he 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 was snapped. 
Um, same thing with the Winter Soldier. You know, they they disappeared for five years, and um, you know the the group that was trying to keep everything together and and eventually put together the time heist. You know, what will what will their what will their relationships be like? Like that's one of the things I really want to see in the next, you know, Avengers movie is, is what will it, will there be this gratitude with, to the, the group that was involved in the time heist, you know, and the things they had to sacrifice and the characters that are never going to come back. Um, you know, that I think will be really interesting. Um, and, and certainly Rhodey was part of that. You know, he was, he was uh, a big part of holding things down. Um, in that five-year period. And I also noticed it seems like he's walking without the use of any kind of, you know, Stark tech, unless I miss something. Is that right? Yeah. um, I did not see it, but uh, I mean, maybe it's, you know, it was so advanced that it's not visible and it's somehow, who knows, maybe it's nanites kind of like Tony's suit and infinity war. Uh, But yeah, it, it definitely didn't seem like he was, had any help walking around anymore compared to what we saw before. So yeah, Rob, I think that's a really good point to bring up is, you know, and maybe not that they have to, because, you know, Oh, if you would have been here, you would have done the same thing, but it is an interesting dynamic to me that I think can be explored. Like you said about, yeah, you know, we were here for five years and, it's also interesting to think of too in between that time what did these guys really do because were there no threats in the 5 years that the avengers had to face because that certainly doesn't seem to be the case uh well actually yeah cuz black widow's time placement would not be during the snap obviously so what happened in these five years? Did villains just be like, mm, we're good now? Like, it would seem like, <laughs> you know, it would seem like if half the population went out and that included heroes, that would be prime real estate for some of these villains to be like, time to take over the shop. And Thanos would, I don't know, Thanos wouldn't really care. Like, he was home making stew or whatever he was doing on his little <laughs> he was like he was farming apparently right like um, his little retirement home with his armor you know lending itself to be a scarecrow like um <laughs> so, so i don't think he would care if people were trying to take advantage of the situation so what was everybody doing in the five years i, I think that's an interesting thought you know i'd love to see them play with the idea of the grief and the you know, just the uncertainty and the emotional impact of half of everybody is gone for five years. And now we have to figure things out. I mean, imagine that everybody who knows how to run a nuclear power plant just happened to be part of the 50% that that disappeared. Now, all of a sudden, those things melt down. Like, what the heck do you do there? You know, just all of the things that people have to figure out, food production, hospitals, transportation, logistics. Like, there's so many things that would have to be figured out that they would have had to have gone through. And day by day, um, they would have had maybe a day or two to grieve. But then somebody's got to figure this stuff out. You know, like, the world still needs to operate. I would love to see just some exploration of that. And I, and I want you to think about this for a minute. We've been dealing now with the pandemic with COVID-19 for a year now, just a little bit over a year, you know, where it's been true pandemic. Imagine somebody skipped that whole thing and trying to explain to them what even that was like, which is nowhere near half of all sentient life being gone for five years. But just even try to explain to people the uncertainty, like, yeah, man, I was driving home and there's signs everywhere that say, stay home, save a life. You know, like that was weird. Like I'm driving home from work and the streets are empty. Like there's nobody out. Like there's all the signs just are up saying we're all in this together. You know, like, yeah. And then all, all the businesses shut down. We all watched Tiger King on Netflix and it was weird. And we text each other and nobody knew what Zoom was. And then all of a sudden everybody's living on Zoom. Like just think about all of those things you'd have to try to explain to somebody who completely skipped COVID, which man, wouldn't that be awesome? Just skip this whole thing. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll come back to that idea later in my own mind. Um, 
But just even that much, trying to explain to somebody what those thoughts and feelings and emotions were like, and you know, hearing about refrigerated trucks having to be brought into hospitals to handle, you know, uh, to become an on-site morgue, like that's pretty messed up. Um, you know, I just think it would be so cool to explore that a little bit further. Yeah, I think that is an absolutely interesting concept to think about there. Um, I, God, there's there's just so much that they can still explore with with this universe, which is crazy to think about that after 23 movies. And I guess it's not hard to think about for somebody like me and you who are fans of the comic books and be like, well, there's stories for days, but. it's it's just again it's a testament to marvel and what they are doing that uh, again this is already like must see and rob i don't know if you saw it i actually read the article today um falcon and the winter soldier has now become the number one watched like episode premiere on disney plus history so it surpassed the Mandalorian and it surpassed WandaVision. So uh, again, as many people as, you know, and those shows did some incredible numbers. If you look into them, uh, this is already generating the buzz and it's not going to be very long. We only have six weeks of this, uh, which uh, sad. Um, yeah. But again, it's just, there's such a powerhouse it's unbelievable. Like, I don't understand how you wouldn't have Disney Plus because this stuff is just so integral now that I can't imagine anybody who is a fan of the Marvel movies wouldn't have this or, um, again, have access to it because not not that anybody shares passwords with a family member, a friend, or you give me this service and I'll give you that service or whatever the case may be. Um, No, every, you know, everybody pays $14.99 a month for Disney plus or whatever the cost, (laughs) whatever the cost is. Based on the fact that you don't know, suggest to me, I think I know how you get yours. I, I actually did. So I actually bought the package deal for Disney Plus when it was first announced where they're like, if you buy it for three years, you get like 35% off. And I actually did a three-year upfront package price for Disney Plus. So I did buy mine. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, if you think about what we're getting for the next several years, you know, if I told you you could only have one streaming service that you would be able to subscribe to pick any one you want, but you only get one. Um, I kind of feel like I'm choosing, I mean, Netflix would be tempting because there is such an incredible amount of content on there, but man, what we're getting in original shows on Disney plus um, it's, it's, it would be hard not to choose that. you think about two incredible seasons of the Mandalorian, you think about an, out of nowhere, awesome, awesome, you know, runaway hit like WandaVision. Um, and then we get, you know, 50 minutes of an action film um, that we're going to get to watch six weeks in a row. Um, and then Loki, which is going to be incredible. Like, is there any chance Loki's not awesome? Like, what, what's the likelihood that that thing is a flop? Like, 0%. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, again, I just... I don't any of these shows that are in production well or on the table for them to start production. I, I can't sit there and be like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure that that's going to be good because uh, again, they're so far with what they're doing on Disney plus, they have given me no reason for pause. It reminds me of a bit they did on Family Guy where it's uh, Stephen King pitching his next book and it's and he's looking around and he's like stammering. He's like, it's a lamp monster. Ooh. And, and he sets it down and the executive is just like, it, you just made that up. When can I have it? Like, right. <laughs> like pick the most D-list Marvel character you can think of, like the absolute bottom of the barrel. Um if I told you that character was getting a seven episode, eight episode run on Disney plus, 
um, you'd probably be like, all right, I bet it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I mean, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've proven that too. With again, they're you know they're going to do She-Hulk. They're going to do, and I think for you know the casual fan, I'm super stoked about it. But for the casual fan, Rob, do you think if you mentioned Moon Knight, how many people would raise their hand <laughs> and go, "Oh yeah, okay, I, I know exactly what you're talking about"? They'd be like, "What? Like, can we can we Google that? Like, tell me tell me a little bit about him." Uh, he's he's Deadpool light, uh, sort of ish, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than people that that are friends with you, I I'm not sure how many people are are like clamoring for Moon Knight, um, and are like, oh my god, thank the heavens they're doing that show. Right. Yeah. Um. Again, I'm I am one of them. I'm, you know, like, oh my god, I can't believe we're getting Moon Knight. This is so fantastic. Um, but Rob, you know, me, I was the same way for the Snyder cut. So, um, yeah, that'll be another interesting, that'll be another interesting conversation when Moon Knight hits, uh, if it's successful and interesting. So, yeah, which by the way, go download the Snyder cut episode, uh, that just released, um, earlier today as you know, we record this on Monday night. Yeah, that was certainly fun. Um, but with, Back to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, One thing that this episode does, it does so many things, but it stays away from introducing the main villain, which appears will be Zemo. Uh, Promotional materials have been shown, so it's not a surprise that he will be back. Uh, We don't get anything with him, uh, so... I think when he comes, it's going to be fast and furious because there's only six episodes of this show. So I don't think you wait until episode five to reveal him. Uh, They hold back on him. So you don't get him yet. But what you do get is an ending scene to me that I mentioned at the top of this show. I felt so I guess I not betrayed personally, but I felt it through Sam. Like if I were him, I like, not that I hate the idea of captain America, but Rob, I think you get what I'm saying. I hate the idea that they did this because I'm just like, boy, it made me appreciate Sam's decision to honor Steve. And then for the, you know, the government and this agency to just crap all over that and introduce this new Captain America. I was just like more than ever. I was like, no, that's like, that's Sam's like, that's Sam's honor. Like he deserves that. And I know a lot of people were like, well, why didn't Bucky get it? But in this universe, it makes way more sense why Sam would take over the mantle of Captain America but by the end of this episode, I was like, no, that belongs to Sam. If anybody's going to try and honor that legacy, like you cannot do this. Like that is like despicable. Like I was like, I was angry by that, but I, in terms of the story, I understand why it's happening, but it made me very emotional towards the the legacy of Captain America. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much just, um, you know, crapping on it really. Um, and, and thinking about what Sam did to honor his friend and his, his mentor, um, and somebody who was, is an idol of his, um, and they fought together, you know, they, they went through tough times together. Um, and he decided to hand the shield over, um, and then for his government to turn around and just say, nah, um, yeah, that's. I definitely had a reaction. Um, it's clear uh, from this first episode, both with the introduction of the flag smashers um, and um, the speech that's given before they introduce John Walker, um, we're going to be dealing with a lot of different ep- issues on this show. And, and certainly I believe the concepts of nationalism, um, it, you know, does being born inside of a, a 
an imaginary line on a map make you better or worse than somebody else. I, I expect them to really go into that at some point. Um, certainly they go out of their way to make, um, you know, bring up the idea of symbols and American heroes. And um, they, they really kind of went a little ham fisted there, if I'm being honest at the end um, with, with kind of setting up those ideas front and center. Um, so it'll be very curious to see how much of that they touch on. Certainly those are, those are things being discussed in our world right now without a blip to remove half of, half of all sentient life. Um, I'll be curious to see what Disney does. I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't really expect them to go too deep. I think they know that people who feel all sorts of different ways about different things subscribe to their service. And I don't really expect um, them to kind of do anything that's going to really off-put somebody and and make them say, I don't want politics in my movies or in my shows, which is a perfectly acceptable stance to have. If you want to just keep your entertainment, your entertainment, um, you can feel that way. That's fine. Um, but I also think there's a growing contingent of, of viewers um, – who want their media to reflect the world that is around them. Um, They want their media to take on some of these things that we're dealing with, because frankly uh, to ignore it almost feels a little weird. Like these are things that are clearly happening in our world and to pretend like it wouldn't also be happening in our fictional worlds um, makes them seem a little less real at times. So like I said, I don't, I don't know that I really expect Disney to go too deep um, and take, say too big of a stand on an idea. Um, But I do expect them to present us with something. Yeah. I I definitely think that they're, like you said, they're not going to go too far down the rabbit hole, but from what I can kind of gather from this first episode, I definitely think that the story that they're telling, it's going to be hard to avoid some of that. But again, I think that they have shown that they know how to balance that. And I just look forward to not too forward because then that means that this is over just like WandaVision was over. But, (laughs) but, you know, boy, Rob, we talked about this with the Mandalorian and Again, it helps that we have this show in between, but man, I just, I find myself that episode one was over and I was like, okay, um, a week. Oh, oh God. Like instant gratification. Like what happens (laughs) in episode two? Like what? Oh my God. Um, so I, I still go on the side of, I like the fact that we get weekly releases, but man, there's that, that period after it's over and like the next day. And especially too, because I'm, I'm like dying to talk to you and Harris <laughs> about yes. it. But again, like we don't, we don't really text each other a whole bunch because it's just like, well, the whole show we would have texted each other exactly what we want to think. So we save everything, but it's just like, I have it all bottled up inside and I'm like, Oh, (laughs) yes. Um, I, I can certainly, um, I, I, I feel that for sure. And, and I think I've gotten a pretty good rhythm that helps me mitigate that, uh, by watching the show as it launches on Friday. And I did this for Mandalorian. I did this for WandaVision. I expect I'll do this for all of Disney plus I watch it with my family Friday. Uh, we all enjoy it together. And then, you know, I try to do some research uh, Saturday, Sunday, if there's if there's anything really interesting or any Easter eggs, I want to try to research a little bit more. And at some point, either Sunday or Monday, I do my rewatch um, when I when I make my notes about the things that I thought were really interesting or, or really jumped out and stood out to me, um, which, you know, I know that at least half of this show thinks it's crazy to use notes because he doesn't need them because he's a cyborg. Um, but some of us can't just remember all this crap. So yes, I make notes. 
Um, and then Monday night, you know, we record. So I have, I have all of these different little points to look forward to. And then I just really got to get through Tuesday into Thursday before bang, we're, we're back on Friday and we get a new show. Um, that, that seems to, that seems to work for me to kind of mitigate, um, you know, the, the anxiety about, Oh, just give it to me. I want the whole thing. Um, yeah, I definitely agree though. The, the decision to two decisions really, and we've talked about both of these, um, in relation to other Disney shows, um, a one week at a time episode release, I think really helps create a demand for more of this. It gets people talking. It gets each episode to matter a little bit more. You get a lot more articles written online about events from each episode, as opposed to, you know, if this thing just dumped all at once, there wouldn't be speculation. There wouldn't be anybody doing deep dives into each episode. There wouldn't be this rabid consumer base online searching for content for this show. Um, the other thing that I really enjoy um, is they don't do, you know, next week on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like we don't have any clips of next week's episode. There's stuff out there if you want to find it, I guess, but they don't put at the end of the episode, you know, you know, see this, you know, this is coming next week and, and try to figure out what that means. I like being able to sit down, just be surprised, have nothing spoiled. Um, the only things that I'm thinking are going to happen are the things that I've kind of come up with myself or you and I have talked about or Harrison suggested and, and trying to see if that pays off or not. Um, I like that they do those two things. Yeah, I do. I I do like the fact that, yeah, it's not a next time on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, you know, WandaVision didn't have a lot of them. There's no end credit scene at the end of this, uh, you know, at the end of this episode. I'm sure probably we would get maybe one or two. I would think maybe we would get something um, that at the end of the series, at the end of the series that would maybe tie into something that's coming up um, potentially maybe like the iron war show or something. Uh, I would think Marvel would still do a couple of them, but yeah, I, I do like the fact that it, it has time to breathe. You have time to think, formulate your own opinion, be wrong about them. Um, not that any of us on the show have been wrong about yeah. any of the theories yeah. that we've come up yeah. with. Um, just all you know. of them. <laughs> right. I mean, I look at that as we're batting 1000%. If you're wrong on everything, you're the, you're the best at something. So, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's my rationale to it, but you know, Rob, I, I think even though we were anticipating this show and again, I think, this kind of, I don't know, maybe like we talked about, it's over and done with that you're going to doubt anything that they're going to do. Did this episode, and this is where I would like to get your overall rating on it as well. Did this episode exceed expectations? Was it right in line with what you were thinking? Um, and where would you, where would you rate this episode? So as we've discussed uh certainly quite a bit on our MCU recaps. Um, you know, the, the, um, the, the part one and part two, where we ranked everything, the bar of quality in the MCU is unfathomably high. So when I tell you, I had very, very high expectations for this series. Um, I did, I absolutely did because they continue to give me great entertainment. You know, every time I sit down and, and that, Marvel Studios logo comes out at me. I'm just going, <laughs> yes, all right. I can't wait. Um, so my expectations were incredibly high. Um, and this show met them. I, I was, my expectations were, were met. And to, to try to say that it's, it didn't exceed my expectations, well, you'd have to do something. I don't even know how you would do it to exceed my expectations because you've just set the bar so high. So to me, I, I had great things I thought it was going to do. It did great things. Five reels out of five reels from me. Yeah. You know, I would have to say even my minor little nitpick about this, this was everything that I thought it would be. And more again, I didn't expect, I thought maybe they would after WandaVision, not that WandaVision had a negative to it. 
I thought maybe this show would be more action and maybe there's a, you know, there's probably a lot more to come obviously from the trailers. There's more action, but again, these stories seem like they're just taking the time to really dive into these characters in ways that the movie can't because the movies are all about, there's a threat. We have to stop it. There's not a lot of time for character development. It's, we got to go out there and we got to team up. We got to save the world or whatever the case may be. Having these individual episodes and these individual shows is again, showcasing these characters in a way that we haven't seen them. I love it. This first episode would be five out of five reels for me too. And I just cannot wait for what is to come with this. And then I mean, my expectations for Loki are absolutely through the roof because, one, I think it's universally known. Everybody loves Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I, I don't I don't know. I've never met anybody or talked to anybody that doesn't like him as this character. Rob, have you ever run across somebody like that? Uh, nope. Yeah, I, I mean, so... The simple fact that he is back, I just, I cannot wait for that show. This show has me super intrigued. I feel like when Sam does take the mantle, that's going to be one of those audible, like, yes moments for people. If you're watching in a group, if you're watching it with a couple of friends, if you're, you know, Rob, watching it with your kids, um, I can imagine there being some excited faces and some excited cheers when maybe he shows up in the costume. Like, I don't know, like he swoops in and like kicks somebody and the, the wings come out and boom, he's got the shield and he's got this like, Oh, I'm giving myself goosebumps thinking about him. Like, <laughs> like in some form of the armor. Uh, I think that's going to be one of those moments that just gets fans absolutely excited. And it's going, to be earned. it's going to be earned. That's And again, yes. that's what's so important about these things is it it's going to feel earned. It already feels like it is earned. We've, we've kind of discussed this uh, at different points that it feels like Disney is using Disney Plus shows to somewhat correct things that they couldn't do in films. So, you know, you think about The Mandalorian. Spoiler alert. I'll give you a minute. Spoiler alert. Um if you haven't seen that, which by the way, why have you not seen the Mandalorian? Like anyways, um, you think about something like Boba Fett's death in the Sarlacc pit. Like it's widely regarded as something that fans absolutely detest about the, the original star Wars trilogy. So they, they fix it on Disney plus, you know, there's a, there's a lot of other things and, and that's just the most obvious one that comes to mind for me. Um, but there's a lot of things that they kind of, fixed about the star Wars universe that fans didn't like, or they kind of retcon something a little bit. Um, WandaVision, you know, there was a lot of things that they gave us that we never could have gotten from the films, namely a relationship between those two characters we actually care about. Um, and now with this, you know, we actually liked winter soldier. We actually like Falcon. Um, we're going to get a chance to see them in ways that we just never could on film. And it really feels like Disney is using their streaming service um, to build value in their characters that will eventually go on to be in more films. Yeah, it's they've done a fantastic job so far. It's just going to make when these characters are in movies, it's going to make you want to see them even more. You're going to be wondering, you know, when the show ends, like, okay, uh, when do we get to see them? Like, when do we get to see them next? Like, when are we going to see Bucky? When are we going to see Sam? What form does that take? What movie is that in? Um, do they pop up in a cameo appearance in one of these other shows? It, it's just creating so much buzz for these characters that didn't really have it. And again, not that people didn't like Falcon or didn't like Bucky. Uh, it's just this is a platform that gives you so many opportunities for these characters to grow and not feel like sidekick characters because the way that it's looking, you know, we don't we don't have the luxury of Iron Man anymore. We don't have the luxury of, well, I say Captain America. 
you know, certainly Thor's having his own movie, but you know, what's that going to be is, you know, he going to be with the guardians of the galaxy. What does it mean with Jane Foster coming back? Um, you know, some of these characters are going to have to take center stage. And the way that you do that is making them feel like just as big a deal as the main characters that originally started to make up this Avengers universe. So I think they're off to an amazing start. We both rate this five out of five. Uh, I just can't wait for next week. So Rob, you know, we talked about it at the top, uh, closing out here. Uh, Harrison couldn't be with us. He's going to be back next week. Uh, you know, fans of this show, uh, if anybody's come over from Harrison's show or you haven't yet from this show, uh, Harrison runs the basement binge and he's done a lot to plug this show. And it's called Matt Goes to the Movies, but in all honesty, Rob, you're such a big part of this show. It's just, it's not just me with this podcast. You've been such a huge help with, you know, doing a video update for me, giving me ideas, being a part of these episodes, being a great counterpoint to talk to about certain things. Um, you know, we really appreciate Harrison being on the show with us. You've certainly started to listen to more and more of his reviews, but uh, take a second if you would, because he's done it for this show and for us, since you're such a big part of it. Um, you know, any episodes that you want to plug for Harrison, I, I think he deserves it. He's got a great show uh, for things that he's done individually. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of funny you ask that because I definitely wanted to talk about an episode that he just recently released, uh, his final thoughts on WandaVision. Um, there's something, so spoiler alert, if you haven't seen WandaVision, um, it, there is a decision that's made um, partly, you know, basically that, that gets concluded in, in the last episode of that show. Um, there's kind of a, a red herring that gets thrown out. Um, his initial thought on it was, okay, moving on. Your initial thought was, I don't like that. My thought on it was, I absolutely hate that. Um, <laughs> and he, um, and I, I definitely rained straight hate on that decision for, you know, I, I probably ranted on it for at least a minute or so. Um, and I, and he really goes into, um, thinking about it a little bit more and, and definitely gives it a lot of nuance and a lot of, um, you know, just the, the kind of, of thinking that you can't do necessarily within the first few days of something like that. It takes more time to digest and think about and ponder. And, um, so I, I was driving around doing errands, uh, last Friday, and uh, listening to him kind of break down, you know, his his reformed thoughts on on that particular moment. And uh, it really got me thinking and I really appreciated where he was coming from. So I, I certainly recommend that uh, definitely made me reanalyze how I felt about it. And, and I got to say, after having some time to listen to what he had had to say on it and, and thinking about it a little bit more, um, I've come to the conclusion that I still hate the decision, completely hate the decision, <laughs> but... Um, I, I want to throw out just a quick kudos for, uh, for, for what he put together on, on his thoughts on that. Um, because it, um, it's very compelling. It's a, it's a nuanced take. It's, um, um, you know, it, it was, it was certainly, it, it made me appreciate, uh, where his point of view was coming from, um, on, uh, on something that I, you know, look, I, I have a, I just have a different opinion and that's, and that's perfectly fine because if somebody wants to have the same opinion as him, I completely get where you're coming from. So, um, I definitely would recommend that one. Uh, uh if you are listening to the show and haven't checked that out yet, uh, start there. Yeah. Awesome. So, you know, fans, thank you so much for all of the listeners that are tuning into this show. Uh, be sure Harrison's notes for the basement binge will be in this episode as well as, you know, the email address and social media accounts to connect with this show. Uh, anytime anybody does, we certainly love it. We'll, Rob and I, and, you know, we'll look forward to being back next week, having Harrison back with us and, you know, there's certainly stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, Rob Harrison and I, I know I will be really excited about this because it's interesting. <laughs> Rob and I have talked about it 
separately in our lives of for this show there's a certain episode that has just gained a lot of traction and that's the revenge of the sith episode that i did way back when the podcast i first started it and that was a solo episode uh that has now become the number one downloaded episode that i have for this series uh which we kind of laugh about <laughs> rob and myself that like wow this <laughs> yeah. has come out of nowhere but to celebrate the one year anniversary of Matt goes to the movies, Rob Harris and I will be getting together to talk about the nine episodes of the Skywalker saga. So it'll be interesting to go back, talk about revenge of the Sith and just talk about all of these because having conversations with Rob, I know star Wars has been a big part of his life. It's been a huge part of my life and having conversations with Harrison I know there is a lot that Star Wars has meant to him over the years and some of the uh, thoughts that he has on some of those movies. Um, <clears throat> Last Jedi. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that is going to be really exciting to talk about that as a whole, especially having a lot of time to digest everything that has happened with the Skywalker saga. Uh, I look forward to that one. So uh, Rob, anything that you'd like to close out with? Um, I think this is the latest we've managed to get into an episode without mentioning last Jedi. It's, this is the latest it's come up. Yes. Yes, it is. And <laughs> I, boy, I, I think we might have to, we might do a part one and two for the Skywalker <laughs> saga, because I, I think Whew, man, it, it might be you just having to take breaks talking about the last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, so. um, yeah. There's there's going to be a lot of that, but uh, yeah. Look, I uh, I'm really looking forward to the one year anniversary of the show, and uh, I, I can't wait to get to um, you know the the tenth uh, episode of um, you know that you had always kind of talked about of of tying the whole thing together and and uh, compare and contrast and, and the overarching themes and what worked and what didn't. And uh, I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Again, uh, next week we'll be back with another episode. Harrison from the Basement Binge will be joining us. Get all of the show notes, connect on social media, email along with his page for the Basement Binge. Until next time, be safe, everyone.